The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. I am really charged up and excited about today's conversation, but before I go into what we are about to talk about, I want to ask you a few questions. Are you one of those individuals that has decided that because you're on your spiritual path, because you're all about positivity and enlightenment, you no longer want to watch the television, you no longer want to watch the news, you don't want to read the newspapers, you don't want to engage in some of the negativity that's out there? But what if some of those negative conversations that are being spoken about, written about, talked about are actually real things that are going on that we need to be concerned about? For example, the oil spills, the situation with our water, the destruction of our rainforest. What's going on with the treatment of animals in our world? Perhaps enlightenment does not mean staying away from things and being so positive, but actually means taking that vision and that power and that inner spirit and doing something actively in the world to support what's going on to heal our planet. My guest today is Ellen Gunter, and she is one of the authors of Reunion, which is a book that could not have been written at a better time. We are definitely at odds with our environment. We have become hostile with our environment. We have become the aggressors against nature and all the systems that sustain life. It is now time where we must ask ourselves, how much did I do to prevent this situation in the years leading up to this moment? And also ask ourselves, are we willing to take the responsibility to do what we can personally do to heal some of the crises on this planet. Ellen Gunter and Ted Carter created this wonderful book called The Reunion, uh, subtitled How We Heal Our Broken Connection to the Earth. Ellen is a writer, a spiritual director, and an environmental advocate. She lectures and writes about the connections between spirituality and the environment and is really bringing forward a conversation that we all need to have with each other and, most importantly, with ourselves. Welcome, Ellen, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Simran. It's my pleasure to be here. You know, this is really a powerful book because it is real conversation. It is uh, allowing us to wake up in our world and look at what we're not willing to see. And is, is that part of the problem? Are we, are we turning a blind eye to so much of what's going on? I, I definitely think so. Not only a blind eye, but, um, but deaf ears and probably shut down hearts. Because it's, I mean, it's apparent to anybody who's paying any attention to what's going on, whether you're looking at headlines, you're looking at the titles of books that we're seeing proliferated everywhere, 
Um, if you look out the door of your own uh, of your own house on a hot summer day, when you listen to what people are saying about this very summer, that it's the hottest on record. It's the hottest of any year, any month, any week, and and that is just kind of a pattern that has become very common in the last few years. And it, you know, I, I I sort of think about the story about the little the frog who's put in the vat of cool water, and the the water is turned up and very very gradually the frog just kind of goes to sleep because of the warm water and 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 eventually of course it's boiled alive because it kind of it kind of uh, relaxes into this desultory place and it is never hit with the action and the reality of what is happening to him the way he would be if he were thrown into the pot and 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 but this is exactly the situation that I see that we're in in this world right now if somebody were dropped in from you know from 1945 and just dropped into our world and they looked around and saw the levels of of toxicity in our water in our air in our soil in the food that we're eating in the in and seeing what the, what the use of oil and natural gas and, and nuclear energy and all the others, but but oil is really the one I, I I look at most specifically. If they were to look and see what that is doing to us and the the adverse effects that are everywhere, I, I I'm not sure they would even survive it. I think about that from time to time, and I think what when what in the world would my grandparents have thought? My grandfather, who was a farmer, what in the name of God would he have thought when he if he could see what we do to our fields to hurry the harvest? to bring food to us that is in the end not really nutritious and is robbing our bodies not only of, of nutrition but but putting into them chemicals that have never been never been uh, ingested by human beings in the millions of years of our history so and not only that it's it's i definitely want to get into some of those topics later in the show yeah. so that we can get a sense at least and this definitely isn't enough time to go fully into this whole conversation mm-hmm. but i want to touch on those points later but what are we doing in regard to the planet that we're leaving? for our children, you know, and, and what kind of shape is that going to be in? It is so important to have this conversation. Is it greed and power that's getting us to engage in this kind of behavior that definitely, if we continue, will kill us? Well, I, of course, it's greed and power, and it's sort of a, it's a willful blindness, a willful sleepfulness, and, I, you know, a lot of what the book is about is is inviting people to wake up to that. But, yeah, it is, it is exactly that. And, and this is not, I believe, what our true nature as human beings is about. It is not to go to sleep. And as Americans, it is not for us to just hide our heads under the pillow and pretend this isn't happening and to listen to the least, uh, you know, the, the, the least uh, uh, argument that, that makes us do the least in our, in our day-to-day lives that gives us permission to say, oh, no, it's not really that bad, or let somebody else fix it, or this is all just a conspiracy to, you know, to do whatever, fill in the blank. So, yeah, I, th- I think that is, that's an important part of the dialogue, for sure. And in the book, The Reunion, you talk about it, uh, not just seeing through eyes, but actually being able to add a spiritual lens to our Absolutely. eyes. Can you go into a little bit of what that means? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, the part of this that, I, that is most dear to my heart as a spiritual director and as a, as a student of this, you know, this whole way of life the last 10 to 12 years, where I'm, you know, is the spiritual journey, as your magazine talks about, as your other guests talk about. Um, you know, it, we're not just talking about the earth as, a, as an essence that is apart from us. We are all part of the earth. That is how we begin. We are all before we are anything else. 
We are creatures of earth, earthlings, if you will. Before we're men, women, Democrats, Republicans, Americans, Chinese, Russians, whatever. And, and it is the essence of earth. Earth is all about creation. It is, to me, uh, God kind of incarnate. It is everywhere around us. It's around us. We are, this biosphere is as much a spiritual part of us as it is a physical part of us as, as, as much as it is any other kind of part of us. So, yeah, the, the, it, to me, you cannot have an understanding of what is going on on this planet if you don't look at it through a spiritual lens. And this is something that Rabbi Michael Lerner has talked about. He's a wonderful rabbi from San Francisco who has said, you know, what the, eco- the environmental movement is really missing is a spiritual consciousness because you cannot separate the two. And so what, we, what Ted and I decided to do when we wrote this book was to blend those two things, and it, and it was the most natural thing in the world. And, in fact, I'm, I'm kind of stunned that, that there isn't more of this. So it was our absolute honor to, to go and look at this through that lens. And, and of course, once you engage, uh, engage a process like that and you hit into something that is, you know, that is an eternal truth, then, you know, all sorts of things start popping and, and channeling down into you, if you will. Well, so. and this is such a powerful book that is so highly charged that I'm certain it is just going to light a fire under so many more people to bring forward information and change that we need. In creating that spiritual lens, mm-hmm. it really is more diving into the heart because it seems as if, as I read through the book, it seems as if we've lost our compassion and lost yeah. our our heart sense of our planet and, and of, of our love for that. And we don't even have the feeling, necessarily, yeah. many of us, for um, what's going on. We see it, and it, it just doesn't even phase us. Right, right. Yeah, I think that is, and that is, you're right, that is a symptom of our detachment. And, uh, you know, one of the things I talk about the bo- in the book is that one of, the, I think that one of the reasons that this has happened to us, that we have, that we have become so detached, is that over the, over the last 20 to 30 years, we have lost in large measure those people who were the stewards uh, for us, the ones who, who had the heartfelt uh, spiritual relationship to the earth, those people who were our caretakers. And I'm talking about our farmers. I'm talking about the independent farms. I'm not talking about big agriculture, which is a, a mega business. I'm talking about the family farm that was our direct connection. There is something absolutely magical about falling to your knees in the soil of a garden or of a, of a field or a patch of ground. I don't care where it is. And when you put your hands in the dirt, you are completing a, a circuit between you, your heart, and the earth. And it is, it is a very powerful thing. And the fact that we have lost that in large measure, I think, has a lot to do with how we have, we have distanced ourselves from our food, not only because we've lost the farmers, but because we're, we're absolutely not being uh, nourished the way we need to. There was, if I can add one more thing, um, there was a, uh, a, Rudolf Steiner was the man who basically is behind what's called biodynamics. And in the 20s, some farmers asked him, um, you know, Dr. Steiner, why is it that people can follow a spiritual path, but they don't seem to be able to stick to it? And he said, it's because of nutrition. It's because our bodies need the nutrition of the earth in order to be able to move forward in a spiritual practice. And this well, and was, as I this hear was you 90 years ago. That, as yeah. I hear you speak about that, um, 
so much of that, when you say the word lost, is so true because we are born with that. If you watch a small child, they love the earth. They want to get down on their hands and knees. They want to dig in the dirt. They want to see the wonder of butterflies and bees and all that is. But somewhere along the line, this disconnect happens, and we Mm -hmm. lose that innocence and wonder and connection Mm -hmm. to the earth. That's right. That's right. And we hear that all the time about about how our how homogenized our grocery stores have come where we have these beautiful packages of meat and beautiful packages of vegetables and we are completely detached from what has to happen to those animals the way they are reared in those those big cafos, those giant uh those giant basic prison basically are prison camps for animals where they are they're slammed in together thousands at a time and fed antibiotics from the time they're born and the basic you know, the purpose of those big uh, those big facilities is to get something to market, get it as get as fat as possible, as fast as possible, to maximize the bottom line. And so we don't have any connection to our food at all. That's what that's what Michael Pollan's whole series of books is all about. And it is time now for us to reclaim that connection. I am here with Ellen Gunter discussing a new book that Ellen Gunter and Ted Carter have come out with called The Reunion, How We Heal Our Broken Connection to the Earth. It is time to ask the questions, when did we become outsiders of our own world? When did we start referring to nature as out there? When did the word environment become essential to our vocabulary as the term needed to communicate the great outdoors? There are so many questions that you must ask your inner spirit. I'd like for you to connect with Ellen at her website and her blog, ellengunter.com. There are wonderful articles on there that go deeper into some of this discussion. And you can buy a book off of that website, and they donate uh, and buy one tree for every book that they sell to AmericanForest.org. We'll be right back with Ellen Gunter. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 
Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Reunion by Ellen Gunter and Ted Carter is a book that should be required reading for every single person. Something radical has changed in us, and it's not good. We have strayed from our fundamental nature and must find our way back to our primary rapport with the earth and our own life instincts. Otherwise, we will lose sight of those instincts in entirety. Our values have shifted, and as we discovered the world of technology and convenience, we and the world around us gradually morphed into a society requiring that we come up with technical names for everything, including what used to be just outside. We've lost that connection to ourselves and to our earth, and in doing so, we are playing a role in killing our natural home. Ellen, I want to ask a a quick question because a lot of people in hearing this conversation may go into fear. And I, I, I want them, in a sense, to go into fear because our world is at stake. But yep. I want them to also understand that that fear might be the generating power to get them up to actually do something. I agree. I agree. And, in fact, it's funny you say that because there was a, you know, the, the climate bill failed in the Congress last week, and it was very, very disappointing and not, you know, maybe not all that surprising because I think we haven't rallied to a point where people are really ready. They're really ready to get into the streets or, or, or just say we're not going to. Like they're, the call phrase of this new organization called 350.org, which was started last year, they sent out a letter today. It's a wonderful guy named Bill McKibben who heads this up, and it's based on the idea that the, the amount of CO2 in the air has got to be brought back to 350, and currently it's 391 or 392. It's gone up almost three entire points in the last year. But their catchphrase is, we're hot as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. And it's a kind of a play on network, that old phrase from that movie from the 80s. So it's, you know, and his point is we have to get to this place 
where we aren't going to take it anymore, where we are angry enough and fed up enough and, and also certain enough that we're not going to be made fun of. And that's, that is something that involves a, a sort of a leap of faith. There, there's, this goes back to uh, something that Rabbi Lerner said again, that, that people are afraid of being the early adapters. They're, they're afraid of being the ones who say, who say in the beginning, I do believe in this climate change thing really does seem to have some legs to it. They don't want to be made fun of. And I get that. I totally get that. We, you know, when we first started uh, writing, talking about this book, I never dreamed that this was where that this was where we were going to be. Uh, we would we would end up. So I get the fear. I really understand that. But that fear, as you said, it can be a catalyst. It's 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 something that can give you the energy to move forward and really start investigating and not take this anymore and not just sit idly by and say somebody else is going to take care of it because nobody else is going to take care of it. You want to know who's going to take care of it? Go look in the mirror. It's us. Well, and another another emotion I'd like to bring up is anger. I spoke to someone today, uh-huh. and they said, you know, I was a sacred activist for a long time, and it just made me so angry that nothing was uh-huh. changing. Yeah. But that anger, too, has a purpose. I mean, when I hear you speak, there's such passion about this, and it's that passion that motivated me to have you on the show, and it's that passion that motivates so many other people to actually say, you know what, even in my, my one environment, even in my community, my small steps, my single reaching out with my hand might actually do something. We can channel that anger. Yeah, we can. Absolutely. And we must. Because the anger is, you know, we don't have to be frustrated by this. And there is no such thing as as a small action. Every single thing that we do matters. Whereas that old Margaret Mead quote about never doubt that the actions of a single individual uh, don't count or, or count. Because, indeed, that's the only thing that has ever made change happen. And if for someone to say, um, I'm just one person, I can't make a difference, I think that would fall on death ears with people like Gandhi and Jesus and Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela, they were just one person. And they changed history forever. You know, without them, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have had the civil rights bill. There would be no India. There would be, I mean, look at the changes that happened because of Mandela. He freed an entire country by sitting in a prison cell for 20-odd years. Look at, you know, I mean, look at Jesus and Buddha. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. So there is a place for that anger, but let's not waste it by, by eating ourselves up. Let's figure out how to put that out there. And there are a number of ways to do that and to, to take that energy and make it productive. And you go into some, um, some beautiful writing in expressing the many different ways that we can actually make changes in our own lives and in our communities, and we're going to go through right. that later in the show. Great. But first, I'd like to go into how you and Ted, based on just some initial conversations, mm-hmm. really got mm-hmm. to the point that this information needs to get out. And I'd like right. for you to also express how just seeing his landscaping, and I don't want to call it that because it's right. sacred spaces, but right. just seeing that also shifted you to want to, to speak out a right. more. Right, right, right. Well, you know, this all started at, at my 60th birthday party in Portland, Maine, uh, three years ago. And I was, you know, planning to retire and not do anything, and something happened in that party. Ted and I reconnected. We've been friends for a long time. And um, and he said, you know, I think I'd like for you to write a little book for me on, you know, kind of describe what I do because it's not 
the normal kind of landscaping and, and he's got a clientele that is as long as my arm and nobody can quite articulate what he does they just love what he does and what he does is is what's called sacred landscaping he goes into a yard and because of the sensibility that he has he understand he i mean he literally talks to nature and nature talks to him it is it's an amazing thing to watch but this is something that is happening with more and more people as our planet evolves to this to this phase of crisis there are lots of people like ted out there but most of them are afraid that of what of what they're really sensing is happening with them but with ted it's not just i mean it's not just throwing plants into the ground it is evoking life in in the earth around him he just has a knack for where not only where things go but how they heal the people who live in the houses that he does the landscaping for they i mean they, they, marriages have been healed people have have gotten back together again they have ended up staying in the homes that they thought they were going to leave him he'll come in to fix a landscape because people are getting ready to sell the house and they won't be able to leave the house because the land pulls them then it it speaks to them then they realize why they ever bought that place in in the, in the very first place why did that land call to them and the earth speaks to us all the time it is the seat of creativity and each of us only needs to just embrace that and and find out how it does, how it speaks to us we have to learn that language a little little by little well and basically what you're saying is that that thing that so many people constantly seek on the outside that search for uh the the perfect guru and the perfect uh ashram and the perfect right. book and the perfect workshop that literally right. our sacred space our sacred connection might be in our own backyards Absolutely. And it, yeah, it is within. It is within us. So it is the piece, you're exactly right. It is a piece of us that speaks to, to the earth outside of us. And, and the earth is waiting to embrace us. It's waiting to, to communicate with us. And it does all the time. I mean, when you take a walk and something gets your attention, that's the earth speaking to you. You hear a bird, you, and then you, you see butterfly fly across your, your path. Or you think about something and all of a sudden it manifests, you know, next to you while you're, while you're walking. There are a million ways that it happens, and, and maybe even seven billion ways that it happens. That's what I tell people. You want to connect to the earth, there are seven billion ways to do it. There is at least one unique way for each person that walks this planet. So well, it's, a, it's just up to you Ted, to find your own. Yeah. I know that Ted, growing up, he grew up in a home where the family grew an organic garden, where he really yep. had vegetables without chemicals that he uh, took into his body. And I remember going through grade school and, and always hearing that you are what you eat. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what's really going on with our fruits and vegetables, with our water, right. with our meats that we're eating. Right. What's really right, going right, on right. In, in that realm? Well, you know, what's, I'm, I'm really glad you're, you brought this piece up. This is a big piece of the book. And what I, I spend a whole chapter talking about the state of our soil and the state of our seeds. And what a lot of people, what I was very unaware of when I began the research, I had a sort of an idea about what genetically modified organisms were, GMOs, but I didn't really know the extent to which these uh, these elements are in our are in our diet, and how how pervasive they are in, in not only the fresh foods that we eat, but in the processed foods. Their uh, genetically modified organisms were basically begun uh, as a result of uh, of uh, a lawsuit that happened with the Supreme Court uh, not being you, you were not able to um, uh, uh, what's the word. Um, 
well, there was, you know, you couldn't copyright life forms. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't basically uh, own royalties or rights to them. And there was, uh, so this was changed in the 80s, and that kind of opened the floodgate to, to, abs- to actually copywriting life forms, to owning, having ownership of the manipulation of genes. And, and from there, Monsanto, uh, the corporation is out of St. Louis, began this campaign, which has become very, very successful, to, to basically make all of their seeds. Uh, requ- royalty required. So, so anyway, it's, I know you're, you've got to go to a break, and, and after the break, I'd, I'll talk about this some more. But this is—I'll talk about how pervasive this is in our diets, and very, very hard to get away from. And we have to really question that when we're putting these foods into our system, what are we actually taking in? Are we ta- taking in the real foods? Are we taking in chemical foods? Are we taking in products that may not even be real food at some point? What are we doing? We are in a crisis of consciousness. Reunion is a book that carries a sacred message as well as a practical one. We must find our way back to our own nature as well as our way back to the rapport with the earth. I'm with Ellen Gunter, one of the authors of Reunion, How We Heal Our Broken connection to the earth you can connect to more of this information at her blog called earth calling at ellengunter.com you can also buy the book through amazon or on her blog site and they buy one tree for every book they sell which is donated to americanforest.org her upcoming workshop is going to be august 12th from 7 to 9 p.m at in berwin illinois and you can find out more about that on her website we'll be right back with ellen gunter be extraordinary seventh wave network have you seen 1111 do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices 1111 magazine a daily staple for lifting the mindset discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living 1111 magazine order now at www.1111mag.com 1111mag.com Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. 
on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Rather than sleeping, it's time for us to awaken to the challenges, the promises, the responsibilities, and the exciting opportunities that await us. We not only have to wake up, we have to open our eyes wide to what is happening in our planet, our country, our cities, and our neighborhoods, and inevitably our bodies. One of the purposes of Reunion, How We Heal Our Broken Connection to the Earth by Ellen Gunter and Ted Carter, is to outline the steps to that awakening somewhat through a different lens, one that not only acknowledges the problems that we face in the 21st century beings, and they are real problems, but also offers a new way of looking at the solutions they require. We can undo this great harm that we have all contributed to. It is part of our natural birthright as earthlings. Our real nature is to find a way to share and live in community, not just to compete. And that's what we've been doing. We've been competing, and in the process, we've been destroying. Ellen, we were talking about from the very basic level what we just take into our bodies, what we're feeding our children. Right, right, What's going on when you talk about GMOs, when you're talking about seeds, uh, when you're talking about our farmers? What's exactly going on? Well, yeah, let me let me touch on that briefly because I know it's a very deep topic, and as I said, there's a, there's a whole chapter on it. I would encourage people to look at that. But you know, it's basically the industrialization of our food supply, and and as I said, with the you know with the animals, it, it, the same thing happens with our harvest. It is it is the the whole essence of this is how much can we plant and how quickly can we get it to harvest. So that, and what happens as a result of that is that, you know, we get, uh, plants that grow, uh, uh, vertically up, but they don't root very much in the bottom. And there are measurable, or ways to measure how much of our nutrients we have lost, especially in the last 40 years since we've begun the so-called first green revolution, which was really about planting what, uh, what the Secretary of Agriculture at that time called hedgerow to hedgerow planting, getting rid of all the wildness and using every square inch of of the fields of the farms of this country to produce, 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 and then get another crop in this year if we can. And GMOs are were basically created, these seeds, these copyrighted seeds were basically created to be resistant to bugs and to be have genes inserted into them so that even when you spray chemicals on them, they will grow in spite of the chemicals and everything around them will die. Well, the, the problem with that, as Rachel Carson mentioned in 1962 when Silent Spring came out, is that you're not just focusing on the little, on the little weeds that grow or the bugs that go after your corn. You're killing the entire ecosystem in which that corn is growing, in which that wheat is growing or that rice is growing or any of the other hundreds of plants that we have uh, feeding us in this country right now. And this has been a diet that we have been, uh, we've been ingesting now for decades. And when GMOs hit the scene, uh, really very uh, big time in the in the early 90s, we had the addition of of this food, which had genetic it had genetically modified pieces of its seed. There was an, a molecule inserted into it, as I said, a lot most of these were to be pesticide resistant, and and the result uh, result was that they 
technically could grow faster with a lot less uh, crop loss, which meant a, you know, a fatter bottom line, I mean, a lot more money for the farmers and for, for big agriculture in general. But on the other side of that, there are complications to that because it was rushed into approval. The FDA scientists' uh, objections uh, were overruled, and, and basically this went, to, this went to market without having uh, much testing done. And as a result, we now have a uh, agriculture that is absolutely imbued with these things, and it's gone pretty crazy. I mean, 93 percent of our soy crop is GMO'd. Most of our corn crop, most of our cotton crop, uh, they're trying to put through genetically modified wheat and sugar beets. And so it's, it's basically seeping into every aspect of our food chain. Well, and, and what it's, it's sounding like is, first of all, we're raping our soil, then we're murdering our, yeah. our earth, and right. then on top of that, we're creating this epidemic of disease. There's more cancer now than there's ever been before. There ever. are more of any of these different diseases that keep propping up. There are more women now that are having uh, trouble having birth, uh, getting yeah. uh, pregnant. Yeah. All of this has to do with what we're putting into our bodies, and of if course we are inserting things that are not... Um, that have been genetically modified, then mm-hmm. we are literally inserting who knows what into our systems. Right, right, right. You know, it's like a it's like a culture of death that we have embraced. And as crazy as that sounds, and I know it sounds paranoid and weird, but it is absolutely true. And there are hundreds of books that have been written on this, thousands of articles, and it is only now beginning to seep into the consciousness because it's become absolutely, uh, you know, un, uh, undeniable and indefensible that this stuff is everywhere in our diets. And I just wrote a piece on my blog about uh, colony collapse disorder, which has to do with the bees, the, po- the little pollinators who bring these crops to fruition, who get them going, who make their blossoms robust, and give us these fabulous juicy almonds and apples and watermelons and pumpkins and everything else, but at great cost to the bees. And if we lose, you know, it's just one thing after another is falling like dominoes in our food cycle, in our ecosystem. And it's all the same thing. It's all because we're blind to what we're doing to the earth. It's all about disconnection, every bit of it. And and this is so much an important issue because part of what is plaguing our planet right now is a great degree of lack of self-love. And so when we look at these issues in regard to our food supply or in our water or the oil crisis that is so much at the forefront of everyone's mind right right now, we have to also recognize that when we're making choices to say, I will not support these things any longer, I will not support these Mm -hmm. practices, we are also engaging now in self-love, something that needs to happen for each and every individual on their spiritual journey. Let's talk a little bit about the oil crisis because I'm thinking about all those fish and the birds, and it certainly can't stay contained in that one little area. It's got to travel Correct. around our world. So Correct. what's going to happen there? Well, I mean, I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think we can all imagine what's going to happen there. We've already seen some of it. A lot of, uh, a lot of what's been happening since uh, the first week of that oil spill is that they've been dumping Corexit on, on the oil, and that what Corexit does is disperse the oil. You can see a sample of how it disperses on the web. They're a little, and they basically it blows the oil apart in a, in a, beaker, uh, in a beaker glass. And what the effect that has is that it makes the oil sink, so it's not out of sight. I mean, it's out of sight. It's, it's, 
it's really not measurable, which is obviously one of BP's concerns. They've got to pay the EPA $4,700 for every barrel of oil that, that the EPA can prove that they dumped into the Gulf. So it is in BP's interest to disperse that stuff and get it to a place where nobody can say for sure, oh, yeah, this, this barrel came from BP. The effect that has on the Gulf is disastrous because the, the dispersant is a, is a highly toxic uh, um, carcinogen, as is the oil. I mean, undistilled, unrefined oil is highly, highly toxic. It was seen as a hazmat situation from day one. And But one of the terrible things about Corexit is that it's so tiny, it's so minuscule, that it gets into the gills of the fish. Any, anything that swims through it that survives, um, I'm not sure how much, uh, how much that will be, how much wildlife can really survive it. And, I, you know, I wonder how in the world are they going to test that? How, what's USDA and EPA going to say with all the fish that comes in uh, from the Gulf of Mexico in the next 10 to 15 years? Are, are they going to have a test that will recognize that, that there may be something about Corexit that needs to be looked at that can be in the tissue of the fish, that can be in its neurology that could end up getting into our digestive systems. I mean, I can't, you know, we are what we eat. You were just talking about that, the old Adele Davis phraseology. Of course we are. We, you know, we're all going to be some measure of Corexit. How can right. we not be? Right, right. That, and that's, you know, again, that's, it's a frightening thought to think of it in that way, but it's also a thought that allows us to get a little bit more conscious of how do we want to continue? How do we sure. want to support our planet? What do we sure. want to raise our voices to? What do we want to tell our governments and these big companies that we're no longer right. willing to support any longer? Right. It's right. time for each and every one of us to stand up and be willing to be the leaders rather than sitting back unconsciously and complaining about a crisis when it shows up. Right, right. I mean, does everybody who's listening not have a child or a loved one whose eyes they can look into and say, yeah, you know, I don't love you enough to fight for this planet. I don't, I'm not caring enough about what happens after I leave this planet to put my, my guts and my, and my time and my energy and my spirit into correcting this, into doing the best that I can while I'm here to make sure that the planet I leave you is better than, than, than what it is right now. And I think that is, that is a debt that we owe, we owe the generation to come. We owe the, the kids that are here now, you know, not, not to mention the generations that will follow us. What message do you think they would have from us looking forward? Why didn't you do something? What were you thinking how could you have been so blind? And now we are living with that. We're living with the consequences of your blindness in an action. And I, I can't do that. I, you know, and I cannot do that. That's why we wrote this book. Absolutely. This is wonderful. And I know I'm going to go through some of what the chapters are just to give people an idea of, of sure. this great treasure of a book that they can access through your website, oh, ellengunter.com. Uh, chapter 1 really goes into a lot about our spiritual skeleton and how we are related through our energy system with, the, with nature. Do you um, do you want to elaborate on any of that chapter? Uh, you know, no. I but you know, I think. Well, yeah, I could. Yeah, of course, I could elaborate on every chapter. Just give me another hour. But uh, yeah, um, this is really. You know, this is the energetics of us. That you know that we are not just physical beings. That we are spiritual beings. And you know, the premise that one of the premises of the book is that how could we? The answer to the question how could we be this blind uh, is well, we are this blind because our first chakra connection to the earth. Earth is shattered, and it, in the first chakra, you go sit outside on the earth and in a yoga posture, and you are in your first chakra connection to the earth. 
So it, it has a spiritual side. It has a, a physical side, or a physical component to it. It is, it, it is the, the, the place in our bodies from which all the other chakras react and, and depend. So if there, is, if there is not solidity and foundation in your first chakra, then how can your second chakra have any idea of what it values? How can your third chakra of self-esteem be healthy? How can your fourth chakra of heart be active and understand, uh, understand what compassion is? How can your fifth chakra of choice have anything, anything wise to offer? How can your sixth chakra of your left and right brains, your intuitive and your cognitive brilliance, how can that be activated? How can your seventh chakra connection to heaven be, be intact? And we are, we are a system of energy. We're not disembodied chunks. So if we don't have a first chakra recognition of how we connect to the earth, then, then none of us, not, no part of us, can have any kind of congruence. Well, and one very powerful piece in that beginning chapter is when you talk about depression, and depression runs rampant in the yes. country particularly, and you talk yep. about how the pharmaceutical companies produce so much of this medication, three-quarters of which is consumed in the United States. Exactly. And our heart is that gateway between our lower chakra system and our upper chakra system. Absolutely. So if we are not connected to our hearts, if they are shut down, then, yep. of course, we're going to be kept drugged so that we can stay unconscious, and we're yeah. not going to get connected because we're not activating those lower chakras. So that's an ex- incredibly important chapter. And yeah. then you go into global warming right. and right. our weather right. and, and the age of wildfires. Again, another important topic. You go into the situation with our oil and how mm-hmm. how our fuel and our energy age and how the post-war boom, all of this has come down in a sequence to to seeing what's happening with our rainforest and how we're ending up eating the oil, the seeds that you spoke about earlier. With all of this, somebody might get overwhelmed and feel like, what can I possibly do? There's no way for me to heal this subject, which is so big, so much bigger than I am. So what can I possibly do? And that is the question that we are going to answer when we return. I am with Ellen Gunter, one of the authors of Reunion, How We Heal Our Broken Connection to the Earth. She and Ted Carter have come up with this amazing book that should be required reading for every single person. While disagreements within governments, political parties, and interest groups slow any meaningful response to our current environmental crises, Another possibility lies waiting to be discerned. In Reunion, the authors create a path to reawakening, both by weaving a history of how we became so blind to our surroundings and providing a framework of practical and transformational practices that can bring this birthright back to consciousness. Come right back and join me with Ellen Gunter. Connect with her at ellengunter.com. for a transforming world. 7th Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. 
Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Andrew Harvey, author of The Hope, A Guide to Sacred Activism, states that Ellen Gunter and Ted Carter have done us all a great favor in crafting a magnificent book about the dangers our world faces and the immediate and practical things we can do to start helping its transformation. Reunion is at once exalted and down home, fierce and open-souled, and all those who have the luck to read it will be sobered by what we face and radically inspired to do something real about it. I urge you to go to Ellen's blog site, Earth Calling, ellengunter.com, and purchase your own books for yourself. Allow yourself to be inspired. Allow yourself to first be heartbroken because that's what is required. We need to allow ourselves to be heartbroken about the, the situations that are going on in our world, the crises that we are facing, but yet we can take that heartbreak and fuel it into inspiration and passion and make changes on our planet. Ellen, there are several different practices, a lot of tips and tools throughout the book, and we don't necessarily need to go into what they are, uh, but there are things that people can do individually and in their own communities, and perhaps you can touch on a couple of them, but more so I'd like you to speak about the true mission of this book and what you're hoping it will accomplish for people. Right, right. Yeah, the the fifth chapter, as you mentioned, is is a oh, it's probably 150 different things that you can do, and they're on different levels, because Ted and I understood from our own experience with writing this book that that what we're talking about is a waking process. It is it is coming into wakefulness, and and awakening and enlightenment isn't going to happen overnight. So you you have to go gently into this, and so we divide that up into three basic uh, pieces, and one is to basically get, you know, 
pay attention to where you are right now with your with your wakefulness or your lack of it, and do something as simple as look around. You know, where does the sun come up in your house? Can you point to the area where the sun comes up? What was the weather like yesterday? How good are you at sort of tracking the the day to day? How aware of you are what happens of what happens outside your window on a day to day basis? So there are you know where does your water come from? Where does your electricity come from? There are, do you have nuclear energy? How far are the you know the uh, the wind farm? How far is a wind farm from you? Uh, just begin to basically understand how awake or asleep you are about the very neighborhood that you live in. Learn to love your hood. Walk around in your neighborhood and and look at it in ways that you've never looked at before. Say one gratitude prayer as you take a walk through the clo- the park that is nearest to you. And so that kind of gets you to where you are right now, and and it was and gives you an idea of of how much you need to you need to do to kind of open your eyes. And then you know the second thing that we ask people to do is to consider having a garden. And a garden is a very simple thing. And I'm talking about a couple of potted plants if you can't do anything else. And the reason you do that is to it harkens back to what we talked about before: how important it is to to heal this first chakra connection to the earth. And if you if you, if you can do a full-blown garden, if you can go do it with a community garden in your neighborhood or, or pair up with neighbors, it is absolutely critical for you to do this. It is an absolutely healing, wonderful, inspirational uh, endeavor. And and so then that moves you into the, the actual spiritual practices that we talk about. They're, they're probably 50, I think there are 52 of them. And and these vary from creating a walking meditation to joining a CSA, a Community Supported Agriculture Group, to supporting your farmer's market, to going into your cupboard and looking and seeing how, my, how many products in, that are sealed in your in your cupboard have genetically modified organisms in them. Well, how it's hard... so important yeah, because sure. there, are, there are a ton of things that people can do in this. And what I'd like my listeners to know is this is part of your spiritual path. This is going to Absolutely. help you awaken that inner spirit, that connection to your insides, because okay. we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are not yes. here to go off into the forest and om. We are here oh. to be actively involved in our planet while we work on our spirituality. And so yep. it's very, very important to take notice that these practices will not only heal our planet on the outside, but are offered to you to help you heal on the inside. During the break, we talked a little bit about what the secret of this book really is. Yeah. And I thought that was beautiful. So I'd like for you to share what the secret oh, of absolutely. reunion, yeah. how we heal our broken connection to the earth, is. Right. Uh, yeah, and thanks for, thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, what I was talking about at the break is that, you know, we have all these practices in there, all these ways for you to wake up and things that you can do to, en- to engage yourself in the heart-hand connection and walking meditations and learning your neighborhood. These are, these are all to wake you up, yes, but they're also to help you connect in, to the earth, which will give back to you a dialogue that you have never been able to engage before. That, that's the secret behind all these practices is that I can give you a thousand practices to do, but basically the point of these exercises is 
for you to, to make your own individual, unique, one-of-a-kind connection to the earth. And it will happen to you if you follow these practices. And I don't care if you do all of them or you just do one every day. If you do it with, the, with an intention that is, that is full of honor and appreciation and heart-centered love, then you will get something back. And, and that is the path that you begin to follow. Every single person on this earth has something to contribute. Some of us have big contributions. Some of us have what would seem to be small contributions. Every single one of them is equally important. And it is incumbent upon us to find what those are. And this book, if you follow these practices, if you do a handful of them, the earth will begin to speak to you, and you will find your own way. And you will discover the passion that you hear from Ellen Gunter when she speaks. Thank you so much, Ellen, for being on the Living Talk pleasure. Radio. My pleasure. I really you. honor this gift that you and Ted Carter have brought to the planet. I urge all of my listeners to go to ellengunter.com, buy a book so that you can help contribute to buying one tree for the planet so that it gets donated to AmericanForest.org. So help us in this particular pathway. My guest next week will be New Self, New World author Philip Shepard, another amazing creation that I know that you're going to enjoy hearing about. Future guests this fall season include James Twyman, Michael Beckwith, and Julia Cameron. So I'm really excited about the lineup. And most importantly, we have now gone digital with 1111 Magazine, so it is available at Barnes & Noble throughout the nation, along with digital online subscriptions that you can get at 1111mag.com. I'm Simran Singh. I have enjoyed being with you. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Be well. Stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.